0: back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. (laughs) Is that all you've got this afternoon? That's all I got. I'm done now. (laughs) He's out. A, he's out. All right. Well, we're <laughs> afternoon. Afternoon, lol. We had lunch. Yeah. You, have you had lunch? Have you I eaten have. Lunch? I haven't had coffee this afternoon. I had coffee this morning, but not yeah. this afternoon. I, I am fueled gone. on a A touffe, a Cajun A oh, toufe nice. I had for lunch today. Well,
1: so. uh, it, uh, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what was? it? <laughs> I actually thought about I thought about uh, you go to Yatz's? Is that where you went? Yatz, yes. yes. I was, when, when I was going to lunch, that's where I was thinking about today. Of course, we don't have one here in the Bistro West. So.
0: Yeah, Bistro East. We've got them in several locations. And it's like, it's a cold day. It was a little snowy. That warm Perfect thing, huh? Yeah, this Chipotle yeah. Chicken Alexio. Mm. If you've never been to Yatz's, you should go. It's not Yatz's. It's Yatz's. It's,
1: it's just Yatz. Oh, it's, I thought it was Yatz. It's.
0: Y-A-T-Z, right, Z? No, it's an S. Oh, is it? Are you sure? Yes, I live in the town in which it originates. I eat it frequently. All right. Yats. All right. Anyway, so we we've Yatches. Yahtzees. We, <laughs> Yahtzees. <laughs> all right. So, I've had some food, Brian's not had coffee, but he's had lunch and here we are. We're continuing our Advent series. Yeah, we are. So, we are on to Advent week 2. We hope you've all have been having a great holiday yeah. season so far and that you've also found some time to Focus, you know, yeah. like I think that's what this Advent um, sure. series is all about—is making sure we we pay attention yeah. to um, what's going on around us. As we've talked the, about in, in years past, like this is such an easy time to get lost in. Yeah, that's true. All get, of it.
1: Well, in fact, I was going to talk about that today a little bit when we get to the end. But the uh, the you know that's and and it was kind of a surprise bonus episode that we dropped last week because our our Daniel series didn't wrap up until Advent had begun, and we know there's some people who wait anxiously. Our Advent series is is popular every year, it seems like. There are people who are waiting anxiously for this. We want to make sure to drop it the week that's appropriate. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So this week is, is the second week of Advent. Traditionally, when we talk about peace, the lectionary reading out of Isaiah is Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, I thought we'd look at that. And this is actually the one, and I'll go ahead and give you the, the full confession here. Um, I'm modeling these uh, short kind of devotionals we're doing on Advent, this series uh, on my sermon series that I'll be doing for Advent as well. Uh, Obviously, the sermon will be a little bit different focus and a little bit uh, uh, different presentation, but similar kind of idea. And it was this week that gave me the idea for the whole series. You might remember last week, we talked about the kind of the theme versus light shines in the darkness right right it, it's at the time of darkness that the, that we need the light that's when the light comes so last week we talked about hope in a time of hopelessness this is the one that really made me think about it because I'm thinking okay peace and, and I think you know if you look around us right now very few people would describe this as a, a time of peace right mm-hmm. right uh, we've got. Well, help, help me. We've got the, the conflict uh, between Palestine and Israel, the, the Palestinians and Israelis right now, the war going on there. We have the war in Ukraine, which mm-hmm. is grinding toward its second winter. And, you know, they're talking mm-hmm. again about, uh, you know, Russia perhaps shutting off some of the electricity so people are not don't have heat in their homes and this kind of thing. And, right. and uh, in addition to that, we have all kinds of things that are going on in our own country. Uh, we hear, you know, Dire things on the news, uh, you know, gun violence. We hear of uh, different things. I'll just, I'll just mention this. You know, here in Bloomington, we had a really kind of strange uh, occurrence where they they found a man's body who'd been shot multiple times. They've arrested these two guys who who, who killed him, and wow. uh, or apparently killed him. Um, So, you know, we live in a time of violence and at a time of, I would say, conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead of peace. And so, how are we to be peaceful in this time? And that's what really gave me the idea for for Advent. And that's really what Advent is about, right? Light shining in the darkness. And so, kind of the title for my sermon this week is going to be "Peace Despite Warfare," uh, or um, you know, we we might talk about peace in a time of conflict, something something along those lines today. Um, And so the the Lectionary reading is Isaiah chapter forty. Uh, I'll just say a couple things about Isaiah forty before we we kind of dig in. I'm going to have you read just a little bit at a time. I think today, uh, if you would, Ryan, and and we'll yeah. kind of discuss it. But there's a strong emphasis in this chapter on speaking. I would say it's all about a message being given. And what I want you to notice as you read is is listen for this idea of the voice. There there are at least three different. Some people would say four different voices. That we find in this chapter as a whole, an emphasis on speaking uh, throughout this entire thing. So the emphasis here is on the message of peace that's being given. The other thing I'll just mention to notice in this, and this is a little bit different than we find elsewhere in Isaiah, is in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, the the whole chapter is full of present tense verbs. Uh, and, And you'll see this even in the beginning where it says, God says... Uh, a lot of times it's, you know, God has said something to that effect, but this is God says and throughout its present tense verbs, uh, which is an emphasis probably upon the, how I say it, the the uh, urgency of the message that it's it's important that this be gotten across. But also, I think it says something about that we're living in this immediacy of God's God's message to us. So there's present tense, not past, not future, even though we do see this fulfilled in the future. And there are times that present tense verbs point us toward the future. But this is, this is what I want you to notice then as, as we read. So just read the first couple of verses here, if you would. First of all, Ryan, Isaiah yeah. chapter 40.
0: Yep, this is the NIV. Comfort, okay. comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Okay, so here's this idea. Says your
1: God, right? Uh, This is the message that's that's being given. Uh, Who's he telling to give this message? You know, it doesn't doesn't really specify. Uh, There are some who would say this is kind of the divine court where God has these Angels and these supernatural beings around him doing his bidding, and he's saying to them, Here's the message that I want you to take to my people. Um, and and so it says, Speak tenderly, he's he's in whatever way giving this command. And by the way, it is, um, the all these commands here, comfort and and speak, are are all in the in the plural. So so it is this idea, all y'all speak this, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is why some people think this idea of the divine court. That's something we probably should pursue another time from somebody uh-huh. who knows something a little bit more about it. But mm-hmm. but this idea of those who are surrounding him, kind of like the image in the old days of a king surrounded by his courtiers. Uh, this is the kind of idea of God surrounded by these these people who are these beings who do His will. So comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Uh, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her. And here's what they are to proclaim. Notice that there are three in English. There are three that's here. Um, or in Hebrew, this is the word key. It's a it's a kind of structure. That that shows these are the three things that you are to say to 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 Jerusalem, and even at the beginning, this idea of comfort, bringing comfort, suggests that it's a it's a time of it, where where there's a need for comfort, uh, and we'll see even more of this when we look at these three statements. So the first one is that her, uh, and you're reading the NIV hard service. We talked about this a little bit before the episode. I had you do some uh, research on this because I would noticed this and in, in in preparing. Um, for for today's uh, uh, devotional here, uh, hard service there is is a word, sabah uh, I believe is the Hebrew word, but mm-hmm. it it often has uh, you know when you looked at it what did you find Ryan what did it often have?
0: Uh, well, it often had <laughs> like kind of a militaristic. Okay. Um, it, so some of the definitions like military service, campaign, uh-huh. uh, warfare, like right those kind of connotations to it.
1: But it's interesting. This is where I'm always saying, you know, people say, what's the best translation? And and I always say, none of them, <laughs> none of them are perfect, right. right? This is why we always do a little bit of study and we want to learn what words stand behind it because a lot of the translations we looked at kind of had the same idea her term or hard service or this this time of difficulty or whatever mm-hmm. uh, only the ESV interestingly that of the, the ones that I looked at said warfare yeah. uh, which is I think again the root meaning of this of this word that we find here and, and that's why I think Isaiah 40 was chosen in the lectionary for this peace Sunday right uh, tell Jerusalem proclaim to her that her her time of Warfare, her, her mm-hmm. time of um, conflict uh, has been completed. So that's the first thing. That's the first idea. The second one is that her sin has been paid for, uh, which we'll come back to that a little bit later, but I think that's an important one as well. Uh, that Jerusalem's sin has been, uh, you know, that word paid for. We've talked about atonement theories before, right? Oh, and this yeah. is kind of that idea of. Uh, being purchased, you know, being being bought. Uh, and then finally, that, so see the three that's there, that she has received from Yahweh's hand, from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins, which seems like a, a kind of a strange phrase. That double for all her sins probably goes back to Deuteronomy, where it talks about when you have wronged someone, you are required to pay back double then. Mm-hmm. So here here we're talking about Israel God's people having been in this time Jerusalem here is what he specifically mentions having been in this time of conflict probably because of their turning away from God the sin that's now been been paid for and uh, th- this idea that they have because of their their wandering from God they have had conflict they've had this time of of, of difficulty but now the message of Isaiah 40 is that time is over uh, and so we're we're moving out of that that kind of time of conflict into a time of peace. That's the first kind of voice here. That's the first, Mm -hmm. first kind of message that we have. So then we have verses three through five. And before you read this, I'll just say, this is going to be a familiar passage to us, right? Right. Uh, Because why would you say, what, what do you, where do we see this typically? um, Ryan. Uh, John the Baptist. John the the Baptist uses this Mm -hmm. passage in order to describe what he's doing. He says this, who am I? Well I'm the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. And so that's that's what we see here. He's quoting Isaiah forty verses three through five here. So go
0: ahead and read read that for me if you would. Yeah. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So this idea of a voice, here's that that repeated
1: idea I said of a voice of one calling. And then, uh, again, these are all present tense verbs. It's saying, in the wilderness prepare this way. so, So all these images, how would you summarize all these images? In the wilderness prepare a way, make straight in the desert Every valley will be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. How would you describe what's what's being said here?
0: Uh, something's coming, and it's okay. it's kind of a rectifying, or it's flattening yeah. out, or yeah. we could a say smooth that. path
1: of coming. Yeah. All
0: those you know, wilderness, desert, valley, hill; those are
1: all ways to describe obstacles, right? Oh, oh and, yeah, and, yeah. And so, well, I mean, just just I mean that you, you what you said was right. I wasn't I,
0: trying yeah. to.
1: Don't, don't take that as criticism. but, but he's, <laughs> And he's saying, basically, we want to prepare a way, we want to prepare a highway, uh, which high, the highway is mentioned earlier in the book of Isaiah as well. And basically it's saying that this, the, and, and what's described specifically is the glory of God is coming. And the glory of God is, is coming in, in a way that there's not going to be any obstacle for it. It's going to come, uh, you know, God's glory is going to come in a way that everybody's going to be able to see it. Uh, Glory to the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So we see this, this kind of an idea of of calling out and saying, we need to prepare this, this way for the glory of God uh, to come. So again, we're talking kind of about a change that's going to take place. Um, It's an expectation. And that's what, that's what Advent's about, right? Is expectation. So we are expecting the glory of God to come. Um, you know, we, we always try to mention this every year when we talk about Advent, is that we're not only thinking about uh, the the first coming of Jesus, but we're also looking forward to that second coming. And we're recognizing that that there's a way in which when Christ returns, there's not going to be any stopping, right? There's not going to be any obstacle to his, his return. So John the Baptist talks about this kind of as an announcement, right? I'm announcing the coming uh, of the Messiah, of the Promised One. So then go ahead and read verses 6
0: through 8. Uh, here's another voice, notice. Mm-hmm. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are, are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. Gr- the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the br- because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever.
1: So this says a voice cries out, and then we have a first person response here. I said, "What shall I cry?" And, and so, to summarize this whole thing, we're talking about human frailty. Uh, people's uh, people are like grass, and their faith, their faithfulness, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The, their ability to to remain true is like flowers in the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall. Uh, so, so here is that idea of the frailty of humanity compared to. Uh, God's faithfulness. So what I would say is is this, this is conflict, again, and what it has uh, – in, in fact, I might say this – any conflict has at its heart our inability uh, to submit ourselves to God's will. And instead, we're wanting to do what we want to do. And this is, this is the human frailty that we see. Uh, it's a desire I- – any conflict has at its heart a desire to force our will – Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll, you know, that's kind of a strange thing to say, I guess. But I'll go all the way back to the garden. And, you know, I, I've described this before that we can talk about the current situation we find ourselves in in the world as as a series of conflicts, right? Conflicts between us, conflict between us and God, mm-hmm. conflict within ourselves, conflict with one another and conflict with the, the creation itself. Uh, that came about as a result of our sin, right? A, a sense of our desire to do uh, to, to make ourselves gods, right, and, and to say we're the ones calling the shots, rather than submitting ourselves to the will of God. So I think that's <clears throat> I think that's what's kind of at, at the comparison or the the contrast that's being made here. Uh, human frailty, right, it, it is not going to result in any kind of faithfulness. It's going it, to it's going to fade. But the Word of God, the Word of the Lord, is eternal. It, it's going to stand forever. So that's what will bring an end to conflict, I think, is this idea of God's God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So here's the last one, the last uh, voice here. It's a voice raised in a shout, we could say. Uh, go ahead and read verses 9 through 11.
0: You who bring good news to Zion, go up on on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He, t- How long do you want to go here? To 11, sorry. Oh, yeah. One more. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Really neat picture here.
1: So notice the emphasis at the beginning on good news, and we'll talk about this even more next week as well. The chapter we're going to look at next week begins with this idea of proclaiming good news. So basically saying Here's another voice, right? Shout this message. This is a message that needs to be proclaimed. Is good news. Uh, You know, if you got good news for Judah, uh, tell if you got good news for Zion, and go and tell if you're gonna tell Jerusalem, basically lift up your voice with a shout, do not be afraid. Here is your God. So again, if, if we think about that kind of an idea, prepare the highway, prepare for the coming of your Lord, uh, the glory of God, and now here is your God. This is kind of the, the fulfillment or the the uh, you know proclamation of this. So this is to proclaim that the sovereign Lord has come and he's brought you know, the good things with him. He's, he's shepherding us is one of the images that we have here, like, like a, a flock. Um, so here's kind of the, the upshot. Here's kind of the, the takeaway that I was, I was planning for us. Um, you know, it's when we think about peace, uh, especially in this, in this season, it, it we kind of have to define what we mean and what we're talking about, especially if we're talking about peace in a time of conflict. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, Paul says in Ephesians two, and we'll look at this a little bit later, not look at it right now. But Paul says in in, in uh, Ephesians chapter two that Christ Himself is our peace, that that He is the one, you know, not even that He brings peace, but that He is our peace. Um, and and you know, I think there's a very real way in which that's that's the case. Uh, you mentioned this earlier uh, that the irony of the season is at, at a time where we talk about peace. Uh, and peacefulness often it's it's one of the craziest times of the year. Uh, and, and so what do we mean when we're talking about peace? What does this kind of peace looks like? Look like? And I want to say three things and it kind of goes back to what I said about the the brokenness we experience because of the fall. The first peace we have is with God through Christ. So back up at the beginning of this whole chapter you'll remember that that the first message is give comfort to Jerusalem because her sins have been paid for. And, uh, you know, she has, uh, received twice. You know, she's basically, she's paid her dues, right? The sins Mm -hmm. have been, have been covered. And so in Christ, we have peace with God. Um, that's the word, the fancy word we use for that is reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God through Christ, um, because of what he has, what he's accomplished on the cross. He, he has, um, become our peace with God in, in that sense. But secondly, and this is the hardest thing perhaps for us to grasp, but perhaps the most important thing in this season. Secondly, we have peace with ourselves. And and the other way I've said this is within ourselves, mm. right? Uh, one of the things that I think happened when we decided to become our own God Um, you know, and say, say to God, we don't need you. We've got this covered quite well ourselves. Thank you very much. Uh, One of the the things that that happened is that we become a turmoil or conflict with ourselves, right? We become uncomfortable with ourselves. I think we see this in Genesis chapter three, uh, kind of the image that, that it puts in my mind is that that. Adam and Eve hide from God because they feel shame, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel that idea of shame for the first time, an awareness of themselves and somehow they don't measure up. Uh, And so there's a discomfort with themselves. And I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's a way in which I think this is, this is kind of at the center of conflicts for us. Uh, You know, interpersonal conflicts, I think, um, that there's a sense of discomfort with ourselves that then causes us to be at conflict with with others. So there's a word that I really like. The, the normal word for peace in Greek is irene. That's where we get our word irenic from. Uh, that's the normal word for peace. But there's a word that's used just a couple of different places in the New Testament that I think is just a beautiful word for peace, uh, and it is the word Hesukia. And I think I've discussed this before, but look at First Timothy chapter two. I don't know if you do you have that there in front of you, or I should I should have looked it up. Okay, oh, that's all right. Uh, go ahead and look at First Timothy two. I didn't warn you we were going to re-
0: be reading. this. That's all right. I'm there. But but go ahead and read just the first part of that if you would. Uh, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives okay, in all. Stop right there for just a minute, because that's that's
1: these are the two words I wanted to talk about. So basically, we're praying for leaders, right? But the reason we're praying is so that we can lead. lead and and the way Paul describes it here is peaceful, and that's from the word uh, that's the adverb for, from Irene. That's that's what he describes. The ad, adjective. What's that? Yeah, it's that's the the uh, adjective, mm-hmm. and then we have. Heisukia. So peaceful and quiet is the way that it's described in, in the way it's translated, I guess I should say, in, in the NIV. Uh, and that idea of quietness is, is an idea of an inner peace. Uh, that's the way we see it used in First Peter when he's talking about, um, you know, Christian women. Their beauty comes from this inner peace that they have within. We don't, we don't have to look at that today. But, but that idea of Sukia is a peace that's not dependent upon circumstance. I'll give you an example of that in just a minute. But, but it, is a, it is a kind of peace that is, that is within. It's a kind of sense of uh, comfort with oneself. Right, hmm. instead of discomfort, instead of being uh, out of sorts with oneself, it's an idea of being being peaceful within. Go ahead and read read this again. Uh, that we lead peaceful and quiet lives in all
0: godliness and holiness. Oh, uh, holiness, sorry, because yeah. yeah, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So the reason we pray for the
1: this peaceful situation is so that we can lead lives. That allow others to to come to know God, and, and that's that's kind of the end in in part of this. And so there's not conflict, but there's instead this this idea of of coming together. Was there more that I cut you off from reading? No, no. Okay. So it's not it's not dependent upon peacefulness around us. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not dependent upon the circumstance around us, but it's a peace, uh, as Paul says in Philippians two, a peace that passes all understanding. That's a passage we quote a lot. Uh, there he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Uh, it, that reminds me of that whole, whole idea, You know, here's your God, right? Uh, an- announce this message, here's your God. When God is with us as a shepherd comforting us, then we can have that sense of, of peace. Do not be anxious about anything. And again, peace can be described as the inner peace can be described as the opposite of anxiousness. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, it will it will uh, uh, guard our, our reasoning and our feelings, I think, in a way that, that we're able to ex- experience peace. So we have peace with God through Christ. And through him, we have this idea that we can have a peace within ourselves that transcends even uh, understanding. And then third, we have peace with one another. Uh, and that's the Ephesians 2 passage. We don't necessarily need to, to look at that, but Paul there says, he himself is our peace who made the two one, right? Breaking down the dividing wall of hostility. Uh, and and in, in fact, it's an interesting image. He says he he puts to death the hostility, <laughs> He kills the hostility uh, that that there exists between these two people, and there he's talking primarily about Jews and Gentiles. But he's talking about a vast separation, right? People who wouldn't even eat—you know, Jews wouldn't even eat in Gentiles' houses. They had nothing to do with them. Didn't didn't want to be around them. Didn't want to touch them. And, and so he says he's he Christ has m- made us together, and then together as one person, he has presented us to God. He's made. You know, we we've been brought together, and then we've been made at peace with God uh, through uh, Christ. So so that's the that's the image: peace with God, peace within ourselves, and peace with one another. And I almost think it has to take place in that order. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't be at peace with ourselves. It's not something we can create out of nothing. Without this sense that that you know God, we are right with God because of what Christ has accomplished. We're no longer, we're submitting ourselves to his will rather than fighting his will. And then uh, secondly, we can be at peace with ourselves. And this allows us then uh, to be peaceful toward, toward one another. I wanted to close with kind of a challenge. I don't always do this. You have a invitation him. We can queue up or anything.
0: Uh, uh, I have decided.
1: <laughs> uh, so we've got. You know, we've got this idea of, of peace, and and in First Peter chapter three, uh, do you, pull, pull that up for me if you don't mind.
0: First yeah. Peter chapter three, verses eight through twelve.
1: Here he do, quotes: "We could ahead.
0: do uh, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me." <laughs> well, I was there you thinking. go. That's a good
1: one. Yeah. Uh, look at Psalm thirty four. So, so again, this is you know we're we're saying that we live in a time. Uh, you know, we, we, a busyness, a busy season, and and it can leave us feeling scattered and unpeaceful. But I, I find it interesting here, Peter, I- in this passage, quoting Psalm 34, I think it's very important that he's quoting this Old Testament Psalm. Uh, it, you know, the idea is here, he's saying that, that, that peace is something that we pursue. And I find that an interesting image. Go ahead and read this for us then in verses 8 huh. through
0: 12. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because of this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I always find that phrase,
1: "They must seek peace and pursue it," to be an interesting one. Now he begins with this whole idea: don't repay evil for evil. You know, there's that idea. There's that conflict that I'm talking about. You know, it said we love one another, we're compassionate toward one another. Uh, when we fail to try to understand the other's point of view, uh, when we try to, like I, like I said earlier, we try to uh, force our will. Uh, On another person then um that's what breaks peace and instead peter says we we should love one another we should be compassionate toward one another and then he quotes this old testament psalm to say we we need to seek peace and pursue it so in this time (laughs) right in the season of advent um we don't say, well, we can't have peace because we don't live in a peaceful time. I think what, what Peter would say here is that we need to be agents. Uh, well, Jesus says we need to be peacemakers, right? We need to be people who are agents, who are pursuing peace, who are seeking peace. Uh, peace is not an absence. I've said that before. Peace is not just an absence of war. In fact, you know, the shalom, uh, peace in, in the Old Testament, that's the real thing. That's the life uh, as it is to be lived, shalom—it's uh, peace, and so we need to be actively pursuing that—that that peace. It doesn't mean stillness, right? It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that uh, you know. Especially, you're in a different time than I am in your in your life. My kids are all grown and out of the house. It's awfully quiet in the mornings, and I'm sure it's not at your place. You know, kids are getting ready for school, and mm-hmm. you guys are getting ready for it's your a day. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then so. there's the kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and so peace needs to be something that we're actively pursuing. We're, we're trying to, to, trying to. Um you know, maintained. And, and, and again, it happens because of Christ, because he is our peace, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't just bring us our peace. He is our peace, peace with God, peace within ourselves and peace with one another. He's the, he's the one who makes it possible, but then we're the ones who need to make sure we're implementing it. I guess that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's appropriate for Advent, you know, is it's looking ahead, right? you know, and it, it harkens back to our mission. We've talked about this before, just like w- what is our mission as believers in this right. context? It's, um, I was looking back here at our Psalm and you had kind of called this out, but, and mm-hmm. I've got, in my Logos here, it's, it highlights all the imperative words, like oh, all yeah, the sure. words as we go in Isaiah, comfort, comfort, speak, proclaim, yeah. prepare, make straight, cry, yeah. go up, Lift up with a shout, lift up, say. Wow. Like there, there yeah. is there is it's full action of commands, and it's yeah. full of command. I mean, that's the imperative, yeah. but it's like yeah. those words like lift it up, shout it out, that there is, and that is our role. It is not just to wait for the world to conform to the image of God. We've been right. given as believers a task here. Right. And so in Advent, we are we celebrate and we look forward. You know, we we have reason to celebrate. Peace has come, but right. It is not complete. There is right. there is a there is a there's a now and not yet. Right. And so, you know, we have reason to hope uh and to look ahead, but just as Isaiah is here is like we we've got to be participants yeah. in this action. So and we'll say even more about that next week in our advent. So in yeah, our advent series. It's a, it's a participation piece. So well, Brian, That's I good. think thanks so much. Yeah. It's it's good to look at yeah. these and um see, you know, the different ways and that we can be a part of it. Oh, look at that if you're watching on youtube my computer like that stuff when i wave my hands and it gave me like a thumb up wait let me see yeah Uh, oh my gosh if you're not watching on youtube right now you are missing the big show um i just had fireworks across my face it was amazing so if you were feeling spiritual up to this point i've just ruined it i'm sorry but here we are great things on youtube but uh you know it's a this is a great reminder that, yeah. you know, we, we have reason to celebrate. We have reason to Advent is the anticipation, yes. the, a completeness of peace. Right. Um, but, and until that completeness of time that we are participants yep. and, you know, are ourselves, you know, looking at ourselves sure. and those around us and and in the world to, to bring, right. to bring God's peace. Well, Brian, thanks so much. Right, um, thank you. I look forward to, uh, next week as we continue on an Advent and looking at, um, you know what what we have ahead, and and what is what has come. So thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. All right, it. good to see you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.